Welcome to the Broadcast Sport Podcast. My name is Jake Bickerton. I'm the Editorial Director of Broadcast Sport. This podcast series brings you exclusive interviews with sports content makers. Today on the Broadcast Sport Podcast, we're talking to Carla McCauley, the Senior Manager of International Sports Partnerships at Snapchat. He's going to provide some expert commentary and insight on the changing nature of fandom and digital technology. Uh, to give you a bit of background on Carlum, he was formerly at the International Olympic Committee and for nearly three years has been leading sports partnerships at SNAP, working with leading global brands and sports clubs with SNAP very much at the forefront of the ever-evolving sports landscape. Snapchat reaches 75% of 13 to 34-year-olds across around 20 countries, and Snapchatters create more than 5 billion snaps a day. So uh, pretty impressive stats, uh, however you look at them. Um, right, that's enough of me talking. I'm going to hand over to Colin. Actually, what would be great, Colin, is if you were able to start with a, a brief overview of Snapchat. The kind of user base, we've just touched on a few facts and figures there. And, you know, for those that haven't used it, how content is shared, viewed, and how fans you know sports fans can engage with i know players clubs federations or whatever on the platform as well absolutely well well first of all th- thanks for having me it's amazing oh, it's to, be able to, to be you. on this platform and yeah no, thanks and, and what an intro it's sort of uh i'll try <laughs> and live up to the expert uh, uh quotes there but um yeah for those of you who aren't aware of snap um you know we're uh snapchat is we're, we're a technology company focused on visual messaging and really fundamentally, we believe in the power of, of friendships and, and friends who really connect and create unique experiences. So um, I think we're nearly, I think we're 12 years old, uh, coming up to our 12th year. So we've been around for a while. And um, we really are um, focused on bringing people together. It's less of um, the way to think of it is more intimate connections with real friends. Um, and we believe those are more valuable and powerful in terms of who you are uh, and you're, you're uh, allow the, yourself to be your authentic self. So um, the user base, as, as you touched on in the introduction, you know, is great. Um, we are at our record audience, actually. We reach nearly 400 million people every single day uh, mm-hmm. using the app, uh, 750 million people monthly. Um, and, uh, you know, the interesting piece about that user base, it's really around the sort of Gen Z and millennial audiences. Um, you mentioned 75% of 13 to 34 year olds that we reach in over 20 markets. When you bring that number to um, 13 to 24 year olds, it's actually 90%. Wow. So Snapchat reaches 90% of 13 to 24 year olds in over 20 countries, including the UK here. And um, and so we have a big role to play um, in helping those, those, those people connect those friendships and, and be together. And so the sports partnerships function within this sort of uh, the ecosystem is really to serve the next generation of sports fans. And mm-hmm. we do that through a variety of ways. Um, I'm aware, you know, I, I am not within the 13 to 34 year old bracket. Uh, <laughs> so I'm aware some of the listeners may not be either. Um, and so to give you a like breakdown, if you were to simplify the, the app itself, it's really to think about it in, in three different areas, communication, camera, and content. And by and, and those three all work together. So communication is how you would message your friends and be in touch with them on a daily basis. And we see friendships being grown there. Um, um, 
camera is really where we are leading the way in empowering that communication. So we're a visual messaging app. We've always believed in the power of, of imagery uh, to tell stories. And so actually when you open the app, you open into the camera itself, meaning you're right. encouraged to take a snap um, and share. Um, and then, of course, we are investing into augmented reality. We've been leading the way there. and I'll touch upon that a little bit later. Um, and then the third pillar is really content. And by content, we mean the kind of sports content you'd expect to find. You know, we had highlights of the Men's World Cup, the Women's World Cup um, through our partnerships with ITV. We have Sky Sports providing Premier League highlights of every single game. Um, and the list goes on. And we're obviously on the eve of the Rugby World Cup, which we're all excited about here. Hmm. Um and, um, and, you know, but also content that's created uh, by people to share with their friends as well. So there's sort of the, both the consumption of content as a sports fan and the creation of content to be part of that fan experience and to share with your friends. Yeah, so it's about that sort of active involvement as well as, as sort of actually looking at content that already is on the platform. And do you think, uh, you know, that older demographic shouldn't be intimidated to give it a try? You should never underestimate the power of fun. And we are a place for fun. You know, like yeah, it's, yeah. it's about creating a smile. You know, we started in augmented reality with with puppy dog ears and vomiting rainbows. And it's <laughs> yeah. things that make you laugh and smile, right? We're, we're now transforming for the FIFA World Cup. We had live data from, the, from FIFA being visualized in augmented reality. So the journey has been amazing. And, you know, what I tend to find it to your point, um, there's sort of a, a sweet spot in, people i'm talking to either you use snap or you don't or you have kids that you do and <laughs> yeah. then you see like okay i can use it. my anecdotally my aunt uh has snapchat uh she's older than me of course she's got kids and uh the the, the crux is that they have to share their location so we have maps on snap where you can see your friends you can see what's happening so around a live sporting event you go to our map section you'll see snaps from that event that you can tap into and get you know every perspective yeah. But she uses it to keep a track of where her kids are as well. And they have to keep their location on. So nice. there's many, many use cases for it as well. Uh, so like don't it. be intimidated. Come in, have fun. And, you know, it's a, it's also a very closed network. It's the people you want to be in touch with as opposed to broadcasting out to mm. everybody. And mm. that's sort of a major point of differentiation, I'd say. Mm. When Snap was founded, really, like in terms of what we wanted to be and to be different. Uh, we wanted a place, you know, um, where you didn't have this pressure to be you know uh the the, the digital media pressure particularly amongst yeah. younger younger kids right in terms of um mm. that that was an area that we wanted to be different and we don't have any followers uh you don't have likes or public comments and actually from an athlete's perspective that's great you know mm. because they can put themselves out there anthony joshua is a major snap star mm. and you really see a different anthony joshua on snapchat you see what he's actually cares about what he's doing at home with his mm. friends as mm. opposed to the the the, the boxer Anthony Joshua it's really his authentic mm. self so so that's enabled us to do things and cover a different perspective mm. that's a little bit more real and authentic the focus on sports content then on snap um why I suppose is sports important to snap and you know how do you encourage people to get content on there to engage with that content and what kind of content is out there um and I will just uh read out something that you did around the Women's World Cup because it gives a fairly good, I think, overview of the type of content without wishing yeah. to answer my own question. <laughs> For the Women's World Cup, uh, you provided younger fans uh, with the opportunity to sort of virtually try on teams' kits. Uh, obviously, then have, as you mentioned earlier, these kind of more traditional 
type of content so match highlights and then you could follow different athlete content creators it'll be interesting to get an idea from you about the kind of content they were sharing and then this again for me i don't really understand it maybe you could explain <laughs> so as you can deck out <laughs> deck out bitmoji avatars in official team gear and then there's also a twice weekly talk show that was created specifically for snap on the stories page called offside special and that had stories from the women's world cup so it sounds like a really great range of content but yeah over to you to explain yeah. a bit more well, well to the first question you know why does sport matter on snap i think it, it might you know it's more a question of does sport matter? And the answer is definitely yes, right? We, um, whether you are a hardcore fan or want to just be part of these major moments, the Women's World Cup was amazing. The Women's Euros, even better so from an England perspective. And that's me as a Scotsman saying that. Um, and, uh, you know, we have um, next year, the Euros 2024. We have the Cricket World Cup happening before the end of the year. So these are major moments. We have to obviously the Olympics as well. These are major moments that appeal to not just the hardcore sports fan like myself, right? And and so how do we help bring people into that conversation and be part of that moment and share it without feeling kind of excluded, you know? Um, it can be, we, we don't know, football can be quite tribal. And so to actually make it appealing and inclusive, that's one of the things Snapchat can play a really interesting role in. Um, and so the way in which we might do that, coming to your, your question about the Women's World Cup, um, for both the men's and the women's, we had coverage in more markets than ever before. Um, I think the men's, we had around 35 markets covered with official highlights from our broadcast partners. Uh, for the Women's World Cup, we went even bigger with these AR activations. Um, so we had coverage through our partner ITV Sport here in the UK, who mm -hmm. covered it with every single day. But we also had then the perspective of Copa 90, who created you know the, the different alternative view of, of the football matches and, and had another perspective. Um, within that, we also had the teams, uh, some of the teams, some, some not active on Snap, providing that behind-the-scenes content. A great example was the French national team uh, going out to, um, you know, the men's World Cup final. They actually were snapping in the tunnel as they went out. They were the Saudi uh, uh, men's team. Uh, when they beat Argentina, were on snap, you know, in, in, in that moment. And you saw this celebration, and then you had the fan perspective and the emotions of your fans and friends around it. And it mm -hmm. created this amazing firewheel where you had all perspectives covered, um, and really added a unique point of differentiation when we talk about sort of video content and, and you know, visual uh, imagery, let's say. Um, the area of content that then we also bring on top of that is, is what we can do with augmented reality and, and these other products, which I'll, I'll explain what Bitmoji is in a second. Um, but, you know, for example, we had the ability to try on uh, team kits in augmented reality. So we have been making a big play here. You can try on your, we'd actually launched with, um, you know, Manchester United's all three season kits, uh, all three versions this year, for example. And so you can hold the camera to yourself, put on the kit, switch between them, share it with your friends, swipe up to buy it if you want to, um, and really just adds that bit of flavor. So mm -hmm. these are really inclusive pieces. And I think one of the most interesting stats that we had um, around the World Cup was that 60 million people watched official highlights of World Cup content. This is the men's World Cup, I should add, um, on Snapchat. But we had 285 million people actually engage with World Cup-themed augmented reality. Wow. So immediately there, you see that, yes, we're catering to the sports fan, 
but we're also creating touch points that allow people to be part of the moment without this judgment of do you know who this player is or that yeah, one. Um, yeah. And that's something that's very unique and different to Snap. Could you give some top tips for uh, sports clubs, for athletes and sports content makers and you know even sports broadcasters that you're dealing with already, um, federations as well, for either if they're not already on Snap, getting on it, and then once they're on it, you know, how, how do you reach these different audiences and um, sort of create, I suppose, authentic content that's going to resonate with? Snapchatters are, are using the app to um, be part of something, be part of a cultural moment. And so actually, like, it's not necessarily only for the hardcore sports fans. It's really like I, I touched on this a bit before, but. You know, it's also about that cultural side of things, the association with sport, you know, the the fashion, the music, you know, what are the players listening to? We know about the power of athletes in terms of influencers. And mm. and so tapping into that a little bit more is is definitely, you know, works really well, resonates well, because it's, you know, people want to be part of the moment. They want to see that moment. They want to have means of celebrating that moment. And they also want to be sort of inspired by everything around it, you know, get closer. So, um with the teams that we've um, been working with, um, you know, we work with many of the top teams, you know, Barcelona, Real Madrid, Paris Saint-Germain, Manchester City, uh, Manchester United, um, and many more. Um, you know, they don't really need to overthink it too much because they have the most incredible assets there. And actually just trying to get the camera to be part of it, to see that different perspective is you know unique it could be mm. a training ground moment it could be a bit of banter between two players um you know just today jeremy doku um the manchester city player who's a big snap star he was snapping from the french training ground and like they are having a birthday cake and like it's just a little bit of a different mm. perspective and that mm. is gold dust that that really resonates for our mm. broadcast partners who are traditionally producing you know a broadcast feed creating a beautiful glossy and incredible product you know the the challenge is a bit more different you know how do we bring that amazing coverage of the women's world cup with itv how do we bring that to life on snap and we do that by, by helping them through that process by making sure that the clips are really punchy and to the point you know candidly um a snapchatter will look at something a piece of content and if they're not engaged in the first couple of seconds mm. they're gone you know <laughs> and, and that's really like the attention span is is, is very short so mm. you have to hook them in and and you know partners like itv copa 90 eurosport for the previous olympics and and many others uh do a great job of that and and we're helping them on that journey mm. of course so mm. i think the guiding factor is don't be shy um and don't be afraid to try things that are different I know uh, that within sports, that can be a challenge for rights holders. But a very uh, another very good example of this um, is probably Formula One. We're in our fourth uh, season with them. Uh, and they have a highlight show that covers, you know, what you would typically expect to see, but, but broadcast or, or cut down, let's say, into a shorter version that's very, you know, three minutes, three to five minutes show every single mm -hmm. week. Uh, this year, we, we launched with them. Uh, a more organic presence based on publishing content in a classic uh, snap way. Uh, so story-based, so so clips. And they're creating amazing stuff that's being seen by millions of people that gives a flavor of stuff. So you have the whole highlights and everyone, you know, that's a Formula One fan on Snapchat is going to watch that. But then you have the other stuff, you know, the, the Lewis Hamilton, Tom Brady, David Beckham behind the scenes at Miami piece. You have, uh, mm -hmm. you know, all the bits at Monza. So 
you just have all these perspectives covered. And I think the more perspectives you can bring to an event, one, the storytelling is stronger. And, and two, the engagement and interaction that you're going to get back from the Snapchat audience is going to be greater. Mm. I think Formula One's a good example because their personalities are so well known now through Drive to Survive as well, aren't they? So people are actually, Absolutely. you know, do want to know a lot about those guys and what they're up to each day. Um, and they're also young. The, yes, if you look true. at all those drivers, they are all sort of, the majority of them are, are under the age of 26, 27, 28, I think. So yeah. they're, they're quite a young, young set of drivers in the history yeah. of Formula One. Kind of more natural for them this space anyway, isn't it? And obviously then they're tapping to people of the same age as well, essentially. Um, the monetization opportunities on Snapchat, I mean, you talked before about trying on these virtual kits and then being able to swipe up to buy. Is it around that kind of opportunity or are there other ways of monetizing content as well? Uh, yeah, that's a very direct e-commerce use case. So, you know, our, our amazing partners and advertisers like Nike and Adidas and many of those, those brands, you know, we have been working with them for a long time. So when Nike Air Max Day, for example, they'll drop the latest Air Max in augmented reality. So mm-hmm. all you have to do as a Snapchat user is hold your camera up to your foot and you can swipe through and customize and see which shoes you want to try and then swipe up to buy it. So it's mm-hmm. increasing... Um, you know, it's a major, major piece about returns as well, reducing returns, which is a, a yeah, thing yeah. In, in e-commerce yeah. and the cost of that. So they've seen huge success there. Um, and I guess, you know, there's monetization come in many forms. We do uh, revenue sharing on advertising for our publishing partners. So there's ways of making money there. Mm. And I guess, you know, it's interesting this question because I often think businesses work on quarterly basis, of course. And so there's an immediate need to see revenue in and i think with sports it's very unique potentially in terms of we think about fandom and it's lifetime long and actually what um you know one of the positionings is that because we have this audience they're forming their allegiances early on um you know in sports in particular you know you're not going to necessarily change teams or if you are not many times when you're older and so the lifetime value of fan engaging with your sport even as a you know a purchaser of apparel or whatever but also as a participant you know and you think about kids um you know the uk government uh, has just announced all their, their stuff around creating more sporting opportunities and mobilizing kids in sports you know this provides a perfect way to sort of inspire and mobilize and, and you know if you think about that lifetime value of somebody as opposed to just trying to extract them on a immediately you know get money in right now on a quarterly basis i think the sports industry as a whole does a good job of seeing that but also the demands of 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 um you know immediate revenue and business makes there's there's obviously short-term priorities too so i think snap can play a bigger role in terms of monetization longer term yeah very nice way of putting it um we've talked quite a bit about the sort of content that works quite well for snap users um i mean being blunt is it specific to snap or is some of this content also going out on other social video platforms and if it is what would you advise in terms of creating unique content on snap how does it differ from say tiktok or a youtube shorts or sure. a, yeah insta reels i mean it's, you know it's a, it's a question i guess that an inevitable question i'm sure you faced all the time no but, absolutely yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, this is also an interesting one. Uh, And, you know, during the period of COVID where resources, editorial resources were limited, right? Um, In the past, I think we used to pride ourselves uh, on 
requiring a you know very heavy lift editorial team dedicated to producing a show and making sure it was absolutely perfect you know um and and actually we've we've evolved and the experience on snap has evolved so i think in terms of points of differentiation you know it's about trying to provide that perspective um and and try and you know, the, all the perspectives of the experience when I talk about sort of a sports event, you know, how can you capture as many as possible? But when you go back to that, that piece around engaging with content on Snap, you have to capture them in that first second. You know, you are talking about hooking them in straight away yeah. and then you'll see a big engagement through, through the rest of that content. But if you, if you fail or, you know, sometimes you have presenters who are not the most engaging and, you know, but of course they have to, be in the content, let's say they have to be in the content. And if you leave with them, people just disappear. What you mm. want to leave with is an amazing moment, you know, the the celebration or something that is like, why would I want to be hooked in to find out more? And it, it's not like rocket science, but it mm. is a different shift in just how you tell the story. In terms of points of differentiation, our audience knows what's right for Snapchat and and what works and what doesn't. And so you'll immediately see, see those things uh, reflected in how they're engaging and interacting and (laughs) you know i'm not going to say that you have to be bespoke and do everything exclusively for snapchat but there are definitely tools and tips in terms of you know we pioneered vertical video right so let you know we were the first ones with vertical video Mm. we led this 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 approach and everyone thought we were crazy Mm. and now you know it's not even a conversation about whether (laughs) you should have vertical video in your content strategy um the stories uh product was the first um you know, digestible story product. And, and we've continued to have that. And the reason why, you know, we don't feel the impact of, of those, those platforms mm-hmm. necessarily in terms of our content um, consumption is because we have that basis where people are using Snapchat every single day to connect with their friends. And it's a place for them to where they live and where they want to be and where they want to consume additional pieces of content. Um, you know, of course, in a live broadcast, like for me, as a 40-year-old, um, the live broadcast, you know, I will be watching that and I'll be messaging my friends. Snapchatters, 70% of Snapchatters use the app whilst watching sports. Mm-hmm. So that presents an, another hook, another opportunity to create like connections between what you're seeing on the mm-hmm. broadcast and what you're doing with your friends and celebrating and engaging with that brand or that advertiser, um, that, that broadcaster. Other things like polls and other uh, ways of absolutely, of kind of, yeah, creating that second screen experience. Yeah, and I did want to actually one. You asked me about the emoji, and I should probably answer yeah. that question. <laughs> I true. forgot to explain <laughs> what that was. Um, but Bitmoji is is you know Snap is for self expression, and Bitmoji is really um, it's our avatar where you can how, how you exist in the app, so you can customize it, you can make yourself look like yourself, or you can look completely different. You can decide what you look like, but you can dress your avatar up and so for the world cup men's and women's we had lots of the kits uh available so people could put them on their their um you know show their allegiances and stuff we've just been working with all lots of football clubs to get uh football tees so you can you can have your 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 manchester city your barcelona your al halal uh club on on your t-shirt um and you know yeah. in terms of I, I believe the number is over 250 million people have a bit moji on snapchat so it's you know pretty much yeah, the world's most used avatar, yeah. and and as such, you know, you think about how sports can provide hooks and connections with this audience on Snap. You've got you know if you think about the camera content and communication within those different 
areas, there's multiple products and touch points and entries. And it might be that, hey, content doesn't necessarily meet the need for this particular uh, sports organization. But is there a way we can bring that mm. sport to life in different ways? Um, a good example is, you know, Wimbledon. We had content um, through, on, on Snap and that worked really well to provide that behind the scenes perspective. But we also had the ability to try on the official Wimbledon tee. Uh, you could put on your Bitmoji. You could try a face lens to show your support. And that also just provided another hook for them to build their brand and experience on Snap. Brilliant. And you also mentioned right at the start of the Rugby World Cup. What are you encouraging content makers to put uh, content-wise around the Rugby World Cup on Snap? Yeah, absolutely. So so my remit is is outside of US. So rugby, you know, uh, is... I'm I'm a Scotland fan, and you know, let's see how that goes with our, our group of, of death in the Rugby World Cup. Yes, uh, but uh, but you know, obviously, there's there's fewer markets that say um, that we're rugby rugby dominates like the UK, Australia, and France. You know, where so yeah. so we have to think of that contextually. But but yeah, we have pretty big ambitions. It's obviously taking place in France, which is our largest market in 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 Europe uh, mm. in terms of daily active users, um, followed by UK and Germany. And um, you know, we have an existing partnership that's been in place for since the 2019 Rugby World Cup with World Rugby, um, where we'll be covering uh, content. They provide a produce a weekly show. So there'll be more content happening from there, providing you know the context and highlights. We also have ITV Sport um, on Snap, as I said. Um, and so the plan is to have a show running with them every single day of the tournament, providing highlights with a localized flavor for the, the UK market. Um, and then there are some activations, which um, uh, will be on the ground uh, in, an, in, in all the markets in, in, in France um, around augmented reality, which, you know, will be announced uh, later on this week. Uh, so I'll be able to, if you look out for those, you'll be able to see it. But it's really exciting uh, visualization of, of uh, data and experiences in augmented reality. You can be a sportsman, but you can have many other interests. And so tapping into that, the broader cultural side of sports is something that i think on snapchat we do really well um, we service and tailor for the the hardcore but we also create more ways of connecting and be part of that experience even if you're not a sports fan uh or but you just want to be understand it a bit better or just your friends are watching it you want to just you know if you're on the group chat and you're not got a funny lens on then you might want to do that right um and then the, the other point i'd say is there's sort of a narrative about Gen Z, you know, and the challenge of reaching them. And and, and yes, traditional uh, sports organizations sometimes do struggle. Um, but then you look at where you're placing your bets and where you're investing time and effort. The audiences are there. And candidly, they, they are engaged with sport. They're consuming it in just different ways and they're interacting it with it in different ways. And if we look at Snap, you know, the diversity of ways in which you can interact with a team, a club, an athlete, a sport, uh, from content through to, you know, augmented reality lenses where you can go for the NBA Paris uh, 2023 game. Um, we had uh, the, the Eiffel Tower come to life in augmented reality mm -hmm. and, and, and like did a little dance and like threw the basketball at you. There's lots of different ways in which you can bring the brand to life that appeal to a Gen Z audience yeah. that maybe, you know, you and I wouldn't have necessarily done. And I think yeah. cumulatively that probably amounts to many more minutes than an average broadcast viewing audience yeah that's a brilliant uh, summary of, of some of the benefits from uh, that kind of traditional approach versus you know a snap approach thanks so much uh, carlin for giving us a bit of a, a you know an overview of snap and also the type of content the the 
good reasons for going there, how it differentiates itself from other platforms. Let's catch up after the Rugby World Cup and we can talk through some of the facts and figures on that as well. Sounds sounds good. Absolutely. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold that you two. I'm going to expect to see a bit moji uh, yeah. ready soon. <laughs> okay. okay. I'll, send a, I'll send a screen grab over. <laughs> Thanks very much. Thanks for listening to the Broadcast Sport Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please like and subscribe. And we'll see you in two weeks for the next episode.